If you do all of that on the basis of, you know, doing a market research survey, onboarding surveys, offboarding surveys, and all this kind of shit. And if and a little little ninja hack here, guys, if you ever want to get the absolute best market research you could possibly have, record all your sales calls and listen to them, especially the ones where the prospect told you to fuck off. <laughs> and then use that. Create your shit from there. What is going on, guys? What is going on? Welcome back to the boardroom where we're here to help you stay calm change lives and have business on your terms. I'm uh, excited to have Cody here with me because Cody is a marketing wizard. So we got introduced from John Whiting and turns out we're like in similar circles. Like we know like the same exact people. <laughs> you work with the same people, but just never actually like had Somehow we've never bumped into each other. <laughs> yeah. Cody, the, they do marketing and lead gen and really specialize in like acquisition, paid acquisition specifically. So I wanted to invite them all just because they're doing some really cool things. And I think he'd be a great resource for all you guys listening, just looking to kind of figure out how to get your offer in front of more people and ultimately be able to change more lives of what you do. So Cody, how'd you get started? And like, how do you even get to a point where you're kind of like, the brain behind some of these big brands that I've seen. And when you send me your phone number, you're like, oh, I know this guy and I've worked with this guy or I've worked with this guy. And I was like, what the heck? Like, how do you, how do you even get started, man? Well, how far back do you want me to go? Cause it's a long ass story, but I can start from like university. Cause really this shit started a long time ago. So I can go step by step or just how did I get in with those guys and how did that I mean, begin? When did you, when did you kind of figure out you had like a knack for lead gen and marketing? Okay. Yeah. So I figured that out before I even started an agency. So I, I got my BBA, my MBA, all that kind of stuff like over a decade ago now, like 13, 15 years of getting old now, man. And I wanted to use it, but I put myself through university. I got myself into school by flipping cars at auctions. So there was car auctions. I'd go buy them. I'd sell them for more online. Yeah. I was one of those assholes. And so I had to learn how to, you know, get lead gen and all that kind of stuff going for that because eventually I flipped them, flipped them. I ended up getting, I think uh, the max I had was like 10. So I opened up a little a little shop. I had a little used car dealership thing going on. I had a detailing bay in the back. And a lot of that was, okay, well, Facebook was pretty new. I'm talking like this was like 2010-ish, right? 2010, 2009. So it was brand, brand new. And you're talking about, cool, I need to be on Google. And then after a year or so, it was, okay, this new Facebook thing, you got to learn how to be on there. And it was really just like start a business page and post on it. Yeah. And I wanted to use my marketing degree. I didn't really want to do this kind of shit. So I moved out here to Vancouver. I, I was from the East Coast, much poorer though back there. Not a lot of businesses, not a lot of opportunity and shit. So there just wasn't a lot of people to, it, it, and I didn't know about how do you use the internet to fucking get all these people, right? So we moved all the way over here for opportunity. And then I started the marketing agency. First was social management, did the stupid thing and tried to do it all myself for a while. That was, you know, for everybody out there, don't do that. But I tried to do it myself one Try to do all things to your clients. Oh, man. I mean, I, I, not to go too far off track, but one of the first things I tell everybody not to do, because we, we run the GST program, we do teach people how to do marketing agencies, is don't be a yes man. You know, the first thing you do when you start in the service industry is, yes, Mr. Client, oh, you want to, oh, I heard about PPC. Yeah. What about SEO? Of course. What about building a website? Let me go learn HTML. Literally things I did, by the way. And in your mind, you're like, I'm giving more and more value to my client. They'll never leave me. But what you're really doing is devaluing yourself. 
Now you're like McDonald's. You're like, oh, okay. Oh, everything costs a dime. I am paying you the same amount, but you're doing more and more. So to me, that's what I'm paying for. It's not you're giving me more value. That's just what I think I'm paying for in the first place. That's where it all comes in issue. So anyway, I learned all those hard lessons and that I figured out I was good at it then, but I then figured out I was bad at it, if you know what I mean. So I always say like shit like this is like playing poker, you know? When you first start playing poker, you every you think you're amazing, but it's really just because nobody around you has any idea what you're doing. So you can just be a crazy person and win all the game. As soon as you learn a little bit to think you're good at it, you 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 but you suck. You lose all your money and everything. Everybody figures it out, and there you go. It's the same thing in marketing. You're like, eh, I'm just doing this shit. I'm just saying whatever. I came from business school, so I can sound really smart and I can articulate myself. And then you learn enough to be okay, and then you tanks because you're like, well, I'm not actually getting any results. Before you didn't care. Because you, you didn't know any better. But then you're like, I'm not getting any results. That's when I invested in people. And so I, I had some, some people that I learned from. I invested heavily specifically into learning Facebook ads. I wanted to become a master of Facebook ads because at the time that was what was ramping up. And those networking opportunities and all the stuff that I did from then on out got me connected to people like, uh, you know, Kat Howell back then. And I've got like three or four testimonials. Um, from working with her and then eventually you know all the testimonials you've seen like rob quinn matt Ryder, right we got brad newman we recently got john waiting all these testimonials all come from being in these networks mastering that thing and getting better and better and better at each avenue with them until now you're just now it's you know word of mouth and, and being able to be connected that way yeah that's really cool man so What'd be like the biggest, because you do not only are you doing the thing, but you also teach people how to do the thing, which are my favorite mentors, by the way, person, the people who actually got their experience doing the damn thing before they started teaching the damn thing. Imagine that, right? Imagine that, guys. All the people out there, like, I hope that just blew your mind. Doing the thing you teach. Crazy, right? Crazy concept. I know. What a novel idea. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but the thing about it is like you gotta mention it because there's so many people who just kind of like come out of nowhere. You're like, who the hell are you? Like, what have you done? You read a book, you know, did watch some YouTube videos, and now you want to charge Blue Buddy for that information. It's really hilarious. So, I mean, for you, how are you staying on the on like how are you sharpening your skills? Like, who are the where how do you get your inspiration when it comes to like the creative process? Right? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still doing the thing. That's that's the biggest thing. Like we teach and we have the the juicy program, which is you know fairly big, but we still have you know multi seven figure agency. It runs consistently, and it's really become like it's been. It started to really focus in on agencies and coaches because that's where we started to train, and that's the network that we were in. It used to be more heavily focused on real estate and lawyers was the two niches that we had. But as we've grown our own coaching program, and we spend so much time and money on honing in our own strategies that it's just slowly built up to be like, well, we just, this should be where we focus for other people too. Because like you said, how am I sharpening my knife? Sharpening my knife because I run our own marketing. You know, I, I'm the CMO at our company and I'm constantly doing things over here and tweaking it. The other thing is when you are teaching, because every, every week I have a, a call, it just, just ended a coaching call inside the program where I'm helping our clients, our students run their own ads for their agencies and coaching programs and run their ads for their clients. I also coach in uh, John Whiting's program occasionally, and I did used to coach. I, I do a lot of these people that come from, they get me to do their shit, and then they get me to coach in their program so other people know how to do it, right? Once they see that you're good at it, you want your students to learn that kind of stuff too. Doing that constantly sharpens the knife more than anything else. I think I think the the worst type of mentor is the one that learned one thing and just tries to consistently teach just that one thing and never adapts. 
And so they they did that one thing. They maybe had a hundred thousand dollar a month one time, or even a ten thousand dollar one time, and now they're going to repeat that until the end of fucking time, until the wheels fall up, right? But the other side of that is is the people who do it. Then forget me, like I am talking about me, but talk about the other people who do it. If they do the thing, they're going to constantly be improving their program because they're constantly having to do the thing and sharpen the knife, like you said, to make it better. Yeah, and that's one of the things. Well, we had our mastermind for teaching people how to start and launch like an online fitness business. Yeah. It was so surprising how many people were just like blown away that we were actually like had the level of businesses in that space. And some of the best ideas that we got for our own business came from like a client doing something stupid, testing some random angle. Yeah. It worked. And we just kind of like worked with them to kind of make that, angle work and they kind of became like an extension of R&D right where it's like they'll try different things and they'll get different ideas and we'll just kind of walk them through how to test different things and then we'll be like holy shit it actually works they just don't have like the the budget or the team to really make it to execute it and we're like all right let's see if we can make it work on our side and it's like you know we we get hundreds of students that come through so like you said it's it's perfect because there's so many people that frankly suck but they all teach one individual thing. Like there's a million coaches and courses out there you can buy on whatever one individual thing they think is going to be the 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 silver that you want to chase that day. So yeah. students are constantly coming to us with that, like you said. And it's it's if you have foundational pieces in place. So for us, it's you know overarching framework and then individual models that fit within it. So we have like a three phase framework, and then within it we have individual models for the different marketing things you have. It. If you have those foundational pieces that you can constantly refer back to, to reset or to test and to know what you're doing progressively, then when you get all that kind of like, you're calling it R&D is the perfect way to describe it. When you get all of that input, then you know what to do. So for instance, one of the one of the frameworks we operate in within or the models that we operate within for testing is once you get to a point where you have your winning shit, then you separate, if you want, if you're scaling and you're profitable, you separate into an 80-20 situation where 80% of budget constantly goes to what's working and 20% of the budget goes into an individual campaign where you're just testing on new shit. Yeah. You'd be okay with just burning it. But it's like, if you think of like the way that VCs invest their money, they'll invest in eight, nine, 10, 100 businesses. And if one of them hits- You need one home run. That's, that's it. it. And if you think of the testing, the testing campaign like that, like don't be looking at it like it's your money printer. Look at it like it's the thing that's looking for that next call run because that next call run is going to be the thing that makes you your next million dollars while your business is still operating over here. And I really like that a lot. I mean, so, I mean, you probably run into the issue where people are terrified to spend more money on, on ads. Like, you know, so how do you, um, how do you kind of coach and talk through really expanding their threshold or their tolerance for how much money they're willing to spend in yeah. a testing phase, but then also how much worry money they should be willing to spend on an ongoing basis to scale their business. Well, it's like, look, look, I, I tell everybody, I'm like, you know, talk to people for a half an hour through what they what they think you would do, and you'll be able to tell if they're an idiot or not. That's that's the first way I put it. And why I say that is because it transitions into, you know, when people come to me, I mostly work off of like referrals and that kind of stuff now because I just want to have the right kind of clients because we do both things for so long. That's why I do stuff like this to build strategic partnerships with you. Yeah. If the person comes to me and they've got the wrong mindset, 
and they've got an idea about some outdated strategy or they heard something that they just want to, they're so sure about all of that stuff. I'm very direct because, you know, when you're not begging for business and you've been doing it for over a decade, like I am, like, I know what should work. I'm not saying I know everything. There's shit out there. I'm sure that's exists that will work great that I've never touched, but I know what you need to do to make it happen. And a budget is a big part of that. So when people come to me, they ask me budget, you know, I have a whole complicated spreadsheet. I can calculate what you should do for budget. The minimum budget you should be spending, you know, is not only just what your clients are worth, but what you're paying the person so that you can hit a break even point pretty quickly, scale up from that. Right. And if they, if they bucket that, or if they have the mindset of, I'm going to spend five to $10,000 this month on ad spend and I need $20,000 back or you're fired, then you cut that shit out right away. Like, well, that's not going to fucking happen. It could happen. It could happen, but I'm not, I'm not going to bullshit you and say like, unless you already have a money printer on that I can come in and tweak. If you don't have an audience and you don't have a campaign and you're organic only, right. And you come in with demands like that. And you're like, my business will be stretched to the max and it will not, I will fail. If you don't get that first one, I'm, I'm the first one to come in here and tell you, okay, well then don't do it. You need to find a, you need to find a, a better way to operate until you get to that point because it's just too much strain on the company. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's what people want me out of conversation with a client right before this, funny enough, and they were like, ads has just never worked for me. <laughs> and they were like, ads has just never worked for me. Those are the guys that ran like a hundred dollars worth of ads and gonna get a leader. They're like, ah, they freak out and they click the button and they shut it off. Yeah, it's for me, I mean, I think everyone who struggles with ads or getting it to work. I was having a team meeting earlier today and I'm like I really think it boils down to a lot of people just not caring enough, you know, and I kind of want to like unpack that a little bit. So when I'm getting ready to launch like an advertising campaign for an offer that's within like that I have, I'm thinking we used to do some audience research. I'm looking at competitors of the space who are doing very well. I'm looking at, you know, what are like different type of influencers, you know, what are some psychographics and like, and then I'll spend money to generate some leads just to, so I can have conversations with people and be like, Hey, what about this ad or whatever it is? Like gotcha, they even schedule the call. And I'll just go through like a few weeks, just consuming information on that avatar or that audience just trying to get as much as I can. And it yep. take that nature that we find it and then go back to the market with this new set of data that I got from like the ideal person that I want to get in front of and then get it dialed in. And I can't tell you how many people I talk to who just like go on camera, find some random image, <laughs> copy some person's ad, and then just throw an ad out like, hey, it didn't work. You know, I, I shit on college and university, and I have university degrees, so I feel a little bit more qualified to shit on it than some people, but I shit on it. But that is one thing I took away from getting a business degree, honoring and marketing and accounting, all of that kind of stuff is I do feel that People skip these basic things because that is your market research. Should you do market research if you don't know what your avatar is and what your offer is? Uh, of course you should, right? But what most people do is like, I'm going to, I think that this makes a lot of sense. And so I'm going to write these words down and I'm going to make a couple images and a few words and I'm going to throw it all against the wall, find whatever random ass interests that kind of make sense to me right now in the moment, put it all into a campaign and click a button. And oh, by the way, I'm going to spend two months shooting videos and writing the perfect copy and creating the perfect funnel and doing all this overly complicated shit because I know, I know that my market is going to love it. And when yeah. they flick the switch on and the market says, we don't give a shit about any of that, 
you've wasted all your time and you come back, you know, a year later to your coach saying, you know, ads really suck and I don't really know what I'm doing. And it's like in, in our stuff, what we have is, is a methodical process for testing, frictionless testing first, market research first, right? Find out what it is. Cause what at the, at the key part of any ads or any campaign, you got to find right person, right offer. Sounds simple enough, but if you're just throwing a bunch of shit at the wall, how could you do that? And so we we take ads and everything. We start with frictionless ad campaigns that don't require you to invest months of time and resources into assets that aren't going to be ready to work yet. Frictionless campaigns that isolate individual variables. So test audiences first, test hooks and headlines second, test graphics third, and then test copy fourth, and then repeat as needed and know where the eject button is and redesign the whole campaign if nothing works past round two. If you're still not at your ideal cost per action, you know, around the end of round two, then you've probably got issues. And so you can just throw the whole campaign in and try again. If you do all of that on the basis of, you know, doing a market research survey, onboarding surveys, offboarding surveys, and all this kind of shit. And if and a little little ninja hack here, guys, if you ever want to get the absolute best market research you could possibly have, record all your sales calls and listen to them, especially the ones where the prospect told you to fuck off. <laughs> and then use that. Create your shit from there. I feel like we're like this the same person because I tell so many people that I've worked with in the past, be gold-minded of market research for your avatar, for like any campaign, especially for paid ads, listening to your damn sales calls, right? It's so and good. It's so good. questions on your sales calls. <laughs> That's really people, good. People ignore it, man. People will listen to their sales recordings and they'll just be like, They'll, they'll, they'll be like, oh, I'm going to listen to the sales recording and then I'm going to train my salesperson on what he did wrong. Like, no, no, man, just listen to the sales calls and listen to what the prospects said. Why did they say no? Maybe it was the salesperson's fault, but if you listen to it, I promise you three, four people that are saying no, probably say no for the same reason. It was the wrong fit. They're the wrong type of person. This offer isn't at all what I wanted or what I thought it was like specifics. You can now turn around and build a campaign that'll work better. Yeah. I think people just don't have like, it's there's a lot of ego uh, associated with it, you know, and it's just one of those things where if I'm launching a new offer, I'm just willing to accept the fact that it probably sucks. <laughs> yeah, it, oh, it's probably gonna suck for a few months while I figure it out, right? So you kind of unpack like your initial testing uh, process, which is actually really helpful. You actually go way more in depth than even the way that I approach like that initial testing. So recap for those of you guys who are listening, you said audience, first test audience. Then you said the the hooks and then you said images. Yep. And then copy and then repeat in rep. Always isolated, isolated variables. And the, the methodology that we use isolates each individual variable along the way and slowly builds foundations on winners and then goes through cycles and scaling and, and then the 80-20 rule and all that kind of stuff. So models and frameworks for each individual phase that you'd be going through. Yeah. And I like, I love operating based on frameworks because, you know, the platforms are going to change and the consumer behavior is going to change. And, you know, if there's just somebody who's just literally just copying what your other people are doing, like you don't have the frameworks, you don't have the principles, you don't have like the 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 guidelines that you can use to make informative decisions that are actually going to help you get the results that you want i yeah exactly well like i said most people are spaghetti method it's uh let's see throw it all against the wall and see which which one of those stick and then the problem is okay cool 
flash forward to I'm scaling a little bit and it's been a few weeks and my frequency is up too high and now my cost per action is going way up and now I have to refresh. Now I have to do something new. What do you do? Because now you don't know what what apart what about that ad one the audience the headline the image no it was just that individual whole one so what do you what do you do at that point you just got to go back to the drawing board and do spaghetti method again off what you think so in that kind of process that most people are doing you're just making assumption after assumption after assumption and I don't give a shit if your assumptions if your assumptions turn out to be right eventually they're going to be wrong and you're going to be like well what the hell do I do now and you're going to have to go back to getting instead of doing yeah so when you're kind of thinking through like high level metrics that you're looking at that helps you make the right decisions from like the advertising standpoint, are you looking at like how the leads are interacting in the funnel itself? Like opt-ins, number of people that are actually taking meaningful actions after the lead is generated. Like when do you, when do you think your job is done as a CMO? Well, as a, as a CMO in my own company, there's no end to my job because they're my own companies. As, a, as the project manager for some of our clients, uh, we I'm, I go pretty in-depth, man. Like I, I like to be plugged in or at least have our, our project manager beneath me plugged into the sales team, right? Because the best thing that I, the best campaigns that we run, especially for coaches, have high rows installed, have feedback loops through communication channels like Slack from the setters and from the sales team that come through end of week recaps and stuff like that. I want to see the, what is actually happening. Right, so there's two there's two things in in any kind of marketing campaign. There's leading indicators and there's lagging indicators. Lagging indicators are going to be what is my cost per call, what is my actual cost per client, am I making money off of this? Leading indicators is going to be stuff like all the way back to like CPMs, cost per click, link click through rate. Those are all of these things are indicators of why I'm not or am getting my lagging indicators and how I can scale. Yeah, right? and so like the I I the more information and the more feedback loops you can get, the better. But that's also because you know we're doing this, you know, fair at a decent price, and so we can get pretty plugged in, and we have employees in there doing it. But that's that's how you run it. I I find, you know, if if a company is really well established and they have amazing salespeople and shit, then you can get away with just being a media buyer. But the yeah. the days of of calling yourself an agency and you're really just a button clicker, they give you the copy, they give you the the images and they tell you what to do and you just click the buttons in the back end. The shit's it's not it's not the way you can do it anymore. You need to be able to provide insight for when shit doesn't go right. And in order to do that properly, you have to have the feedback loops to the sales team so that you know where the money's going. Make sense? Yeah. So I think that's really interesting. For those of you guys who are are listening, so for you, you're not just like, oh, we're just gonna generate the lead and then that's it. You actually wanna understand how does that actually impact the business what are they actually doing once the yeah. was generated are you looking at so let's say you're you wanted to work with somebody like me for example you want to run our our ads or whatever right are you doing an audit of their initial like funnel and their initial sales pro- yeah, the, the first thing you need to know is ever read the book um uh, ready fire aim by michael masterson ever read that book perfect cool so the first thing i look for is the optimal selling strategy of your company Right. And that's the concept that he lays out in that book is, is what an optimal selling strategy is. It's basically just where is my time and resources best focused in order to produce a sale? Where is it? Where is my message and my customer and everything at in that right spot? When you find that, you then get to focus your time on it and then you get to scale it with paid traffic. That's what we want to do. Right. So if I come into your, into your system 
and you don't have anywhere to nurture leads. You don't have a setting team. All you have is a couple of sales reps. They just, and they're, you know, they took some of these sales courses that are out there nowadays that are just like, you know, you're an entitled fucker. So don't work for your leads. Just sit on your ass and, and take phone calls all day. Mm-hmm. We all know those guys nowadays, right? So, okay, cool. Well, then if I generate endless leads for them, they're not going to work them, are they? So I could sit here and get you cheap leads that are a good fit all day long. But if you don't have anything, I know you do because you've got robots working for you. But if we don't have the army of robots like EE's got available, right, then, you know, it's no good for me to generate leads for the robots to book. Yeah. The problem is then I got to, I now, so I got to go like direct to call. I got to go VSL to book calls so that the sales reps can get the calls that they want and start operating that way. Or we got to create a conversion event that can book them calls through like masterclasses and webinars and that kind of stuff. So there's always... It's finding what is that optimal selling strategy that already exists within a company and how can I insert a paid traffic strategy that plays to those strengths? I like that a lot. So it's not just like, so you're not thinking about, oh, well, I'm just going to grab the template and force everyone into the same box. No. All right, well, I'm going to kind of analyze what's your current process right now and what's going to be a way for me to design a paid strategy that complements yeah, and, and look, we got funnels coming out of every orifice that work, okay? And I'm not saying that. We got templates and shit that work, but I'm not going to shove the same one down every person's throat. It's got to be a good fit for your strengths so that we can now just scale your business that should already be working, right? Take an offer that's working and a team that's working and scale the shit out of that with Patreon. Yeah. So what are like the core things that you'd say the business needs to have in place for them to even be a good fit for you in general? Right. At what point does it make sense for somebody to reach out to you? Okay. So number one, you got to have EE's robots working for you. That's a, that's a, that's a no brainer. If you don't got his robots installed, you know, we got to have that. But realistic. In this plug. (laughs) (laughs) But what what we need, what I need is, uh, and it follows along with that is a sales team. I don't like working with owners um, that are doing the sales themselves. Because most of the time, if you've been doing organic, you're like, oh, well, I've got to talk to all the best people. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter how good the, the ads person is. You're going to talk to some shit leads. It's just the way it is. No uh-huh. matter how good we hone in the offer and all the rest of it, there's going to be a volume thing. And it's going to be some of them are going to be shit. And if owners don't have a sales team in place to work those, they they tend to not necessarily get burned out, but they don't they don't stick with it for the time that you need to do. Yeah, they almost so feel like, a little entitled where it's just like... They're, they've been spoiled by the quality of organic leads coming in. And then yeah. they expect the same quality of uh, leads to come from organic, uh, from paid ads 100% of the time, which is just like unrealistic. Yes. It's just not how it works, right? And then the other, the other part of it is I need to have a conversation with you on your time preference, right? It's like the old thing when you're – because it's, it's an investment versus an expense mindset. So it's like if I, if I were to put – you know, a hundred dollars into Bitcoin today or a hundred dollars into the S and P today, right. Or a hundred thousand dollars or whatever. If my timeline is I need it back in two months could go well, it could not go well. If my timeline is I need it back, I need, I want a 10 exit, but I got two years now, you know, more likely. Right. And so with ads, it's not that long of a timeline, but it is still the longer your timeline and the more conversion mechanisms you allow us to build out, test and put into place for you. It's just going to grow exponentially. That's how we've taken some of the coaches we've worked with from from like 40K a month all the way to like 400K a month, right? Within a couple of, a year-ish, right? Is by doing that, the first year was like 150 and by the end of the second year was like 400, right? So you're just slowly, incrementally 
increasing it. Now, sometimes you can turn it on and you, if you got a good sales process, a good offer, it could be right away. It could be month one we're scaling. But oftentimes you're into month two, three, and then on and on and on upwards, right? Yeah. So it's ultimately like, one, you got to have a sales team. Uh, would you say like a validated, um, is it the offer being validated and important or is that something that you work? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I didn't harp on that point because I, I think that kind of goes without saying you, you need to have, in order to be using paid traffic, you need to have an offer that works because you need to have a budget to be able to, to spend on it. I'm not, I don't, the nickel dime people isn't something we would work with directly. If you want to launch your own ads, I mean, you know, people who launch ads like $10 a day, Facebook gives them almost like a bump. If you launch, it's like a, what's a well-known thing. If you launch ads at a super, super low, low cost per day, you'll actually get your, your cost per, your cost per lead and everything will be lower and they'll give you, they'll give you a kind of a good thing. So do it yourself for sure. But when you want to work with an agency, you got to be able to be spending enough to recoup the costs of that expertise that you're buying as well. So you got to have a proven offer sales team. You got to be having a time horizon that makes sense and you got to be ready to rock. Yeah. So what would you say the ideal LTV for a like your ideal uh, client would be like the, the LTV for them, for their yeah. own clients yeah. generating. Say yeah. I have a business and it's my LTV is like 197 bucks. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, my, my go-to at that point would be, would be to implement a flywheel approach and try to get you on something else that's high ticket. But most of the coaches and, and agencies and stuff we work with, I, I wouldn't, you wouldn't want it to be lower than like four or five grand a month. That you're bringing in for you per need client. To be like four or five grand, have enough margin to where one, it can support that yeah. initial testing phase. And this is the thing that has this really important that I want anyone, if you're listening and you're considering like being able to work with Cody, you got to understand like, there's going to be an initial testing phase where you're, I call it, we have like a K framework that we use to just kind of make the stickers internal with our team. And C is what we call compiling data. Like you got to be able to compile data gather information, do a little bit of discovery and just figure out like, what the hell am I looking at? <laughs> right. Yeah. Just gather the information, just trying to make sense of it. And then A is analyze that data. And then D is data-driven strategy, right? So developing data-driven strategy and like, all right, I'm looking at gathering data, I'm analyzing it and just thinking through what are some things that we can do with this information and then just execute. So, um, what would you say is a good like timeline? Somebody's coming in, they've never ran paid ads before. Maybe they've done it in the past, they have a good organic presence and they're making money organically. Uh, what's a good kind of timeline for somebody coming with the right expectations on like how long it will take for a proper testing where you gather enough data to make like really good decisions? Yeah. So the, our normal minimum contract length is six months. And then our testing phase is usually the first month. So two to two to four weeks in the beginning, depending, it depends. How much are we spending, right? How much are we testing? Do you already have some of these assets already proven out? So it's it's a fluctuating thing. It's between two to four weeks. Month two, we're looking to to start to make money, right? Breaking even and starting to scale up above that. And then month three, we're talking about making some good money and, and starting to scale that up. Yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, what would be some assets like if somebody wanted to just kind of dive into your world, get some information about you and you? Yeah. So the, the best thing to do, I mean, the best thing to do just to keep it on, on, um, on topic for this would just be to go to that. I made a, a funnel. It's gsd.customcreatives.com forward slash 200 K. And I believe I gave you a specific one for you, Iggy, that we can drop in the, wherever the, the link for this would be. And you could put it there. 
The link for that will be in the show notes. It'll also be in the email that gets sent out as well as like social media posts that gets made. So if you want to find out more information about what Cody and his crew are all about. So there's two kind of potential avatars of people that you can help. People who want to start an agency or maybe want to learn how to do it themselves. So you have a coaching program where you can teach them how to do that, right? You may be at a smaller revenue point and it doesn't make sense to necessarily hire them to do it for you, but you can hire them to get what's between their ears, right? Yep. And then if you're at a point where uh, you're doing decent revenue, so probably like, what, like twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a month. Yeah, right around that range would be the be where the starting point would yeah, be. Yeah, so twenty dollars $30,000 a month in revenue and you're wanting to scale, but you don't have the bandwidth or even the expertise to scale using pay traffic because there's a diminishing return with organic. Organic is great long-term strategy for just nurturing your audience, but it's not a great like scaling strategy for like explosive growth pretty quickly, like paid ads. So you may be at a point where you're doing well organically and making money, but you don't have the bandwidth to start learning and implementing paid ad strategy. And that's where Cody and his team will are able to come in and you can essentially take and buy like 10 over decades worth of experience have that compress, and then you only have to pay the ignorance tax of like a month or two to test and get it dialed in. And then you uh-huh. start seeing results pretty quickly. Right? Yeah. That's really how I look at like working with teams like yours is just, I'm not only paying for your years of experience, but then I'm also paying for the fact that I can compress how long it's going to take me to get similar results into a shorter period of time. Yeah. Fast pass, right? Buy, buy all my mistakes. Or just, you know, get some of them for free. Actually, if you look me up on YouTube, Cody Getchel, there's a bunch of it there too that you can check out. So that, that'll be another place for him. Yeah. So we'll drop like all the information to your socials, the funnels for you guys to check out. Um, and then really like take the time to go in, see what they're about. Um, and ultimately, like for us, if you, even if you wanted Charlie, if you don't have leads, we're not going to work with you. So <laughs> we're going to push you to him anyways to yeah. get you dialed in where you can have like consistent leads coming in. And then if it makes sense, you can come back to us and be like, all right, we're ready to take this thing to the next level. That's all right. Perfect. All right, guys. So till next time, stay calm, change lives, and have business on their terms. <laughs>